Hi, everybody. Welcome to another Prog Report podcast interview. This is Roy. Hope everybody's doing okay out there. Just a quick reminder to check out all our previous episodes. They're available on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, Podbean, and more places as well. And also you can check out some special episodes on YouTube if you haven't yet. Uh, we've been putting out a lot more videos uh, over the last uh, year and uh, had a lot of fun with those. Big Big Train are back with a brand new album out on July 30th called Common Ground. Really pleased to welcome back to the show songwriter, bassist, Greg Spotton. How you been, man? What's What's been going on? Good to see you in, in person on this after all this time. Yeah, it's been a while, hasn't it? Um, what's been going on? Well, I don't know. We've all been trying to, you know, grapple with uh, the challenges of um, of a global pandemic, and um, we're still you know, in the uh, eye of the storm, I think, at the moment. Well, the, it's the lack of certainty, I think, about when the end point will be, where we can really make plans that we know will, you know. Well, here actually... in, in the US, I mean, it's sort of the Band-Aid was just kind of ripped off and all of a sudden everybody's announcing tours now. Every day there's a dozen new things uh, okay. coming up and they just announced the Cruise to the Edge yesterday and, you know, for next for next may and um so people here are hoping that things are just going to continue to improve and that in the by the time we get to those shows in in the next months people can still you know can go i mean there's some stuff already happening on a smaller scale around okay. the country here and there but um you know we have like we have genesis coming and you know in yeah, october yeah. november I, and, I, I was um me and the wife are, are thinking of flying over for a Genesis show. Actually, we're just we're debating. Um, Work for debating to the we got, US. We got tickets. We, yeah, yeah. We because aren't they? I mean, they're aren't they're not. I mean, they're playing in your your area, aren't they? And yeah, yeah, yeah. We just found, to be honest, it's just an excuse for a holiday. Yeah, so. yeah it's a good one. <laughs> any, sure. any excuse, any excuse would do. Yeah, yeah. But we we've always fancied kind of New York at Christmas time, and um, I think they're in that vicinity, fairly close to Christmas. So mm -hmm. we're thinking about it. Yeah, that uh, should be great. We do have tickets. We do have to I'm really some... looking forward to uh, to that show. I, it's, I can't wait. I mean, it'll, it might end up being my first show in more than a year and a half <laughs> if things yeah, if things work I mean, out, which is pretty insane. I mean, considering I was, I typically go to, I don't know, a, a couple a month generally, just yeah. just cause of whatever's going on. Yeah, I've missed. Um, what have I missed? I missed Brandex at Rocks at uh, Brand Brandex in the in london um I've, there are so many gigs that have just been pushed back a year i've got tickets for van der graaf generator in at the royal palladium which i'm excited about but it, it turns out we might be on tour at the same time so maybe right. i'll miss that for a different reason so i i mean the life is just so spectacularly unpredictable in a bad way that uh <laughs> you know, really any is. plans that we make are just kind of subject to change and all that up so yeah, yeah. So. by the way I mean, the, I'm going to talk about the album, but it is so great, man. Oh, cool. I'm Thank blown, you. I'm blown away by it. I really am. I think it's it's weird to say, but I think it's like the best thing you guys have done. I don't know, maybe since English Electric or something. I'm just, I'm really just Yeah, it's interesting it. you say that because I spoke to an English journalist a few days ago and he said something similar. He said, you know, it it, it just felt strong and fresh and 
and all of those things. So, um, so yeah, I've got a good, I've got a good feeling about it. You know, it's, um, I think people seem to be enjoying it. Um, I think some people are a little bit, I think it depends what camp you're in. I've only maybe 20 people in the world have heard it so far. And I think those that, um, that are resistant to things being a little bit different might be discombobulated. And I think those that like, you know, things to change a lot, maybe a bit more. Yeah, and I remember he. I was like the first three songs. I was listening to it. I'm going for the and I get through the first three songs, and I'm just like, "What's happened? <laughs> like, what? Yeah. What's going on? It's so different." The first three songs. It's sort of. It's interesting that you guys did that, and I wonder if that was by design. It sort of settles into yeah. a little bit what you're more familiar with the band, yeah. kind of towards the back end. But it's you really exactly just that. right off the bat, you're just like, kaboom, here, this is yeah. not your old big, big train, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah, that's I mean, that, that's literally by design. I mean, we we, we figured uh, I mean, I, I'm a big fan of um, of changing in an evolutionary way rather than, you know, throwing out the baby with the bathwater. Um, and, you know, there's, you know, lots of people are doing many many different things and you can do that very radically but i like to just just to change um you know as you go and this album did sound a bit different in places for me um and i felt the best way to deal with that was just to get it at the front end of the album and then give us more of a sense of familiarity at the sort of at the side two I and mean, we've kind of artificially called it side one and side two um and side two certainly much more um, the kind of BBT sound that people have probably got used to over the last few years and side one is yeah it's a bit more whoa you know what's going on here yeah. Um, so yeah that was a deliberate kind of choice um, you know but but I think by the end of the album people will feel on slightly more familiar territory and and the, the, so I'm hoping that it kind of you know will appeal to people that want you know want something different but also people that don't want us to throw out well, the baby with the box. it's it's interesting I mean it's not like um, it's not like after after those first three songs, you you feel like you've listened to, you know, I don't know, like Metallica or something completely different. No, it, no, no. it it it's just it's just surprising in sort of in a very cool way that you do it. And then what's interesting about the listening experience, at least it was for me, was getting through those and then sort of listening to the rest of the album. And then going back and then yeah. it sort of changes your whole vibe because you're like, this is going to be great. And it and it really makes it, I think, a fun and interesting uh, way to experience the record. So I I think it's fantastic. I can't wait for people to, yes. to hear yes. some of the stuff. I didn't even realize it was David singing on the second track in the beginning. <laughs> I thought it might have been ricard or someone else so i mean oh yeah I, in fact we found uh, i had that exact same comment from another journalist yesterday and um he was adamant <laughs> that he wasn't david um but i, I mean david I, I remember david saying to me when i first met him he, you know because I, I the first album that we did with him wonderful yard I, the songs were all pre-written and obviously my anxiety was that oh god you know hopefully these aren't in completely the wrong key um but he, you know, he said to me, I've got a pretty good range, so don't worry about it. We'll make it work, whatever. And yeah, Nick came up with this song where he, you know, it was a kind of, um, I think Nick's likes David Bowie, so does um, so does David. And it was a, it was in the kind of lower end of that sort of Bowie-ish kind of sound almost. Um, so, 
you know, I mean, I think and Nick sort of said, well, you know, if we need to change the key, that's fine. But David decided to sort of run with it. Um, and yeah, it was good. And the other thing that we we did is to use some of the other voices as lead, lead voices in, in places. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. So with with uh, uh, the third track, which is Black with Ink, um, yeah. also you have all the different people singing uh, uh, trading off lead vocals, which I also thought was a really cool thing to do. And that's another that that's one of my favorite songs on the record. Cool. Um really really cool really fun really up up tempo i mean yeah it's a foot stomper really uh i hope um I, yeah i could see that yeah, really David, being fun live yeah i think so i think it could be good fun um and david again it's not it's not um you know it's the lead singer here saying let's use some other lead voices because it would sound interesting and fun so when you've got a lead singer that is um you know isn't sitting on his ego and just being prepared to be open to that you you run with it i mean I, and, da- and david said you know we got we got four singers here let's use them on different verses i was a little I, to be honest i thought it was a bit of a strange idea but it, when i heard the idea back i thought yeah okay that's cool um let's show what we can do carly is um she runs a choir in her spare time or it's her main job really and um so she loves all these harmonies Rickard and Nick, as you know, can sing, uh, lead vocals. So in terms of deploying all of those vocal sounds, I think it, it works really. It's quite interesting. It's good. So so take me back to, um, you know, when you started working on the on the record initially. How long ago was that? And, and did you go in with sort of let's try and do a few different things in mind? Was it sort of forceful? Does that happen naturally? You know, someone shows up with this and it's completely different. I mean. No, I don't think, I mean, a very, if you wind back maybe two years, I think it originally we expected uh, to do maybe like a, a direct follow-up to Grand Tour. Um, so sort of to take that album a bit further uh then we we came off tour in november 2019 and you know we had shows booked in the states for may 2020 and we had shows booked in italy uh, and germany i think i mean i forget we had you know we and netherlands i think uh in the summer of last year so all of that was what we were focusing on throughout the spring um and then suddenly this horror of this global pandemic started to sort of creep up on us um, and we began to realize that none of that was going to be happening. And then alongside that, we started to lose band members. So we had a, we, I mean, the last summer for us was, um, you know, exceptionally difficult because Danny, Dave Gregory and Rachel all left the band and they've all been with us for, you know, nearly a decade now um, and were crucial band members. And so we, if I'm honest with you, last summer, losing two tours, Losing band members, you know, the, the it wasn't really, um, I wasn't sure if, if it was worth us while carrying on, really. It felt as as Yeah, like bleak. the wheels had come uh, off. Yeah, the wheels had come off. And, um, uh, you know, I, I, and we, the, everyone rallied. I mean, the, the nice thing is the four people that were left, um, they're all, you know, the core songwriting team, really. So, you know, Rick, I just said, look, if I, is anybody else leaving or, or Nick did I come one or the other? And, and if no one's leaving, then we've got a band. No one else is leaving. Then we've got a band. Let's get on with it. You know, you know, and so rather than in naval gaze, we just thought, OK, 
like many bands have done, what else can we do? Let's bring forward the recording of the album that we that we were planning. So there was a fairly probably by I guess April May we we were writing really hard, you know, desperately getting our heads down to write an album on the basis that we'd get together in November last year to record it. And again, we had this great idea. We'll, we'll book a week for Real World Studios. We'll get Nick over. We'll get Rick over. And we'll do it all in the room. You know, it'll all be a different thing for us. And, and I think that's probably where the idea of the music being different started, because I think we thought, OK, we've we've lost band members. Um, we, you know, we the, the, that makes the band a little bit more easy to manage to some extent and let's get it let's get us all together in the room and that tends to push you slightly towards maybe a, a bit more of a rocky approach to things um and, and yeah i was also i think grand tour which i like as an album but i think it's a it's a very studied kind of um uh piece of music you know it, it's it's not it's not a rock album really um, and I think it was nice this time that we just sort of got the guitars out. And the other thing is Rickard, get, Rickard had more space. I mean, Rickard delivers most of the keyboards and guitars on the album. And, um, you know, he's really comfortable in the sort of rock area as is Nick. So, you right. know, suddenly we were... It, it, so what was forced upon us because of the pandemic suddenly became a reason to make a slightly different album. Yeah, um, and no, of course we sense. couldn't end up doing it all in the room together in the end because of the second wave of the pandemic. But the ethos that we had going into it stayed with us, you know. So we we you know we tried to make sure the album sort of rocked out a bit more and was a bit more a bit more different than uh, previously. It, that's interesting. It is it, not to mention it. It does have a little bit more of a rock vibe to it. That might be the easiest way to sort of sort of describe yeah. it um it's, as you say it's not metallica you know it's not a it's not going to you know we're still we still sound um like ourselves but i just think we you know the guitars are there a bit more um the hammond organs features probably a bit more and there's a song i mean a song called atlantic cable is a good example where where initially i because i thought danny would be playing it i'd sort of and danny comes from sort of pianist background a lot of it was sort of sketched out on on piano and Rickard playing the keyboard said, let, let me try this on Hammond, you know. And of course, that took the song in a very different direction. And I think it's been fun. And I think we'll, you know, I think certainly for the next two or three albums, we'll probably will continue along at this slightly more, um, you know, rocky route, um, uh, whilst not losing touch with our sort of core sound. It's a very tricky thing to do. And I think you guys have done it brilliantly. I mean, it, it's hard to using just Metallica as an example, you know, back when they sort of changed their sound, it was, it was a pretty traumatic change for a lot of fans and yeah. took them in a different direction. I mean, it's hard to shift what you're going to do in just enough of a way where you yeah. appease yourselves, the fan base, you know, the whole thing together. And it still sounds like it makes sense. It's, it's, a, yeah, it's it is not really easy. Hard. I mean, I Pleasing yourself is the most important thing. You know, that's, that's at the end of the day, we've got to write songs that we like and that we want to play. Um, so that's the, the kind of the starting point. Um, and then second, the second thought is, right, if we're doing something slightly different, let's, you know, let's make sure that we deliver that change. Um, but as I said, in a, in a kind of evolutionary, not a re revolutionary way. Yeah. Um, I think you can, there are many bands that I've loved. There's a band, uh, called, which I think we discussed before, called It Bites, and they made 
three albums in very quick succession and each album was very very different from the one yeah. before and for me it just kind of they burn they burn out really their creativity almost when they could have done two or three albums of each type and had a much more sort of sustained right um, but being so quick to change it's sort of like you run yeah, out of, you I, I run mean, out of what are we going to do now yeah. yeah it's discombobulating for the audience and i think um uh, you know i think as i say i keep using this word organic but i think that's the best way to do it you just sort of you know you evolve and at some points there'll be quicker evolution than at other points and that's cool um but you know we're not you know the so the next album we'll build on this one um but also build on the the, the sort of deeper roots that we've got from yeah. uh, you know the last few years also i think what i what i notice is is slightly a bit different too is you guys have always been um uh, for the subject matter of your songs, it, it comes from yeah. a lot of reading and and uh, traveling, and you know, especially Grand Tour was heavy in in into that. Um, this album has a lot of sort of uh, you know internal kind of yeah. uh, personal uh, dialogues and and things in there, which is which is a nice change. It may be a bit more accessible for some people to to to. Approach. yeah I, I think that's a, that's that's absolutely true and um david and nick both david and nick wanted to deal with how they were feeling about things head on um in their songs and i think that drew me out a bit to start talking about my inner world um too i mean i've, I've kind of um in recent years I've, I've kind of everything i've done has been sort of cloaked um you know with metaphor i suppose and also that storytelling thing. Um, and this time I thought, yeah, okay, if, if we're going to be, you know, let's get personal. Um, so, um, so we, again, that's an, that's a very good point, actually. It's another element of change that I think happened organically, but, but it's, um, it's been nice for me personally to write a few songs that are of a more, you know, a little bit more internalized than externalized. And, um, but we kept, there is, there's still storytelling on there, you know, again, yeah. there's a balance between that internal and external stuff. What's harder for someone like yourself to write a something like a brave captain type of thing or, or, or a Florentine or that, that kind of approach or, or something more personal, like a, like a dandelion clock or something from the New Yorker. I mean, what, what's harder for, for a songwriter like yourself to do? For, for, for me, the personal is much harder. I mean, I, yeah. I you know, I, it's it's just not something I'm used to doing really or haven't done for many many years um so it, yeah that's been a, a a challenge and I wanted to find ways of telling I mean I live in a very I mean we're on the edge of a of a town here but it's a very rural ro location David's also on, on the you know the back side of a town the end or the inside of a town um so there's fields and and all of those things that kind of come into the um into the writing and i think um even in the personal things i wanted to sort again there was there's a fair bit of metaphor in, in there to to sort of um i guess uh you know hide the i'm very english about these things you know one one hides one's feelings and all that <laughs> right. um so it's been it's been you know i'm not i'm I don't wear my heart on my sleeve. Um, you know, I, I've I haven't done that for for a long time. Um, so that's it's definitely harder for me to write something personal like Endnotes or Dandelion Clock than it is for me to write something like a big storytelling thing like Atlantic Cable, where you know it's almost like um, 
I can set aside my personal feelings and, you know, just focus on telling the story really. Yeah. I like, uh, stuff like end notes, that theme that is, uh, is repeated in a couple of places on the album. It closes the album is, uh, is another sort of real signature that you guys have done. And when you find those themes, how do you know that's, is it just like a listener? You get a, you get goosebumps and you're like, this is, this is great. Let's, let's build on this. Let's make this something. Cause it's so, it's so fantastic. It's so beautiful. Um, when do you know those are something that are going to hit? That's a really interesting question actually, because um, we're doing blogs for each song on this mm -hmm. album. And, and actually I've just done the end notes blog and I, um, the whole blog or almost the whole blog is about that end theme because I wanted to try and explain how um, how that theme reaches you know the final point on the album and the on that one I, li I was literally walking outside a pub in, um, uh, in in a little town up the road from here uh, Ringwood and it literally that musical theme that motif just popped into my mind and um, my wife's very used to this but I'll just you know, we're walking, I just can just give me a minute and I'll just, I'll literally sing it into my phone. Um, and then when I get home, I will try to make something of it. Now I, I tend to end up with hundreds of little snippets, um, right. on my phone, some of which don't really go anywhere and others, which do this one. I, I don't know. I, I thought, okay, this is a nice, I could hear immediately this, this could be something that the brass band could make something of. So it, it almost within two minutes, I was thinking, right. Okay. You that theme will come in on trumpet or or whatever um and then the whole brass band will pile in and you know then da, 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 da. so it was very that one uh, the nice thing for me on that one is walking outside that pub the, the theme the, the the thinking about what that theme might then do musically and then coming home picking up the guitar and actually writing the supporting chord structure behind it that it didn't, you know, there's probably a couple of hours of work and, and I, immediately I was just thinking, okay, this is just, you know, this, this is good and this is strong. Yeah. It's going to, it's going to, it's going to go. The, the main thing then is just, what do I, what do I do with it? It's a theme. Um, you know, is it just the end of the album or is it something that occurs elsewhere? So I kind of had to. Oh, so say, it wasn't part. a song yet. You just had that part. No, no, it was a, right. it was a, literally an end theme. And the problem I had then was I, I was thinking, I'm in a prog rock band and the immediate thought is, okay, this is, could be an album theme. And, you know, we'll put this at the front of the album and they'll put it at the end of the, the album. And I thought right. well, we kind of done that before. So let me, so I just, I went, I sat down for a couple of days and wrote a song to sit ahead of the theme. And the main thing was just finding my way in a smooth way into that closing section, which I, I think I did. Um, so it's a lot of fun. It's a great, I mean, the end notes for me is a really good example of, of, um, Songwriting craft, I suppose, is how I describe it. Is you know where you've got a little bit of a moment of that just comes out of uh, out of nowhere, the sort of the scrambled eggs moment, as um, as Paul McCartney would would have it. I think um, yesterday was scrambled eggs or something. Yeah, I think that started yeah. as some, something like that. And um, you know, so you get yeah, the little moment of inspiration, and then you've got to grafted it and really work to get the chords to to to, to do it, and then. Following that idea through, and then six months later, being in, in the studio and watching the brass band with Dave Debmazarain, it was fun. It was really for me, it was spine tingling because I could, you, you know, immediately that theme that was suddenly how I'd heard it, 
And it's so uh, cool. I mean, I the French to... horn, right? There's a French horn that's sort of playing yeah. that, and it's such a cool sound. It's it's really, I mean, that to me is you guys, you know, that whole kind of. I think style. it's. I think that one's prime, prime big big train. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I think if that's the obviously the last song on the album, so I think people will, uh, as we said earlier, they'll go on their journey of lots of different directions and routes and things but they'll feel you know that we end up in that that sort of place where it's a bit more familiar it's a coming home song kind of thing isn't it yeah yeah totally i you know i like one thing that i thought was interesting with the change in lineup was that uh the background vocals um sound pretty much like they've always sounded and that's another trademark of the band it's very distinct um uh, you know, it, how do you build those? Is it is it is it just David and Nick basically? I mean, or um... uh, it's David, Nick, and David, Nick, and Rickard for the for the most part, and it depends on the song. So, the primary writer of each song is always, in effect, acts as the producer. So they will, um, and if it's any of the other three, they will normally come up with a stack of harmony ideas, which the others will then record and may add their own own ideas. If it's me writing, then I'm not very, I mean, with the odd exception like Transit of Venus, I don't, I, I, I'm not an expert in harmony vocals, so I tend to leave it to the others to, to do their thing. Um, but yeah, that it, but it, is, it has become a distinctive and because we played live enough now for it to be our sort of vocal sound. The only difference is, of course, now is we've got Carly in the band and she's got a strong voice as well uh and so you know that that adds a different element to um to some of the vocal arrangements but otherwise yeah i think i think it's a a strong part of what we do you know we got we've now got in effect four lead singers so all all people that can sing lead vocals so that's very it's a very strong position to be in and the more live stuff we do the more i think we'll you know we'll make sure that we feature that um yeah. that side of things and and nick writes a couple of songs uh continuing yeah. c- contribution songwriting wise and uh one yeah. incredible instrumental um you know is that something that just where you just say to him hey listen if you got some stuff we'd love to hear it i mean how do you have those that kind of conversation it's an open it's an open door so um you know for a little while it was i mean as the bands evolved and for a little while david and i were the the main writers but ricard you know ricard came in with the 15 minute mead hall in winter a couple of albums back so you know he's put some big big stuff together um so to be honest it, it when we came to bringing the album forward it was like who's got songs and who's got time to write songs um and nick had been working a couple of things up his instrumental Apollo, he'd, he'd been working on that for at least a year. You know, he, he'd, he'd um, he, I mean, like all of us, he's a big Genesis fan and, and, and Genesis had a couple of signature instrumentals, one being Los Endos particularly. Yeah. Um, and Nick was looking for something that was, that didn't sound like Los Endos, but it, it, had, it would have that same presence in our sort of catalogue I suppose um so he sent me I mean maybe 18 months ago he sent me the first minute of that and said you know what do you think of this um and I said yeah this is cool just you know take it on and finish it off and that's what he did and I think the nice thing for me um with Apollo is you know 
I think with, it, with an instrumental, you can just ramble all you like. You know, it's a band of good players and we can go and do those things and show our chops off. But there's got to be some good tunes in there as well. And I mm. think what he did with that, especially in the last couple of minutes, he came through to this really lovely theme that starts off in a sort of fairly floaty way. Um, and then he brings the brass band piling in and the bass pedals and all that a lot. And it's uh, even it's just playing great. it here in my home studio, it, it's... Yeah. Um, it's a huge amount of fun. As long as I get the order of the bass pedals right, it's a huge amount of fun. It's a bit of a weird ending, actually, um, to play. But it's it's yeah, it's a great bit of writing. I I'm, I think he's knocked out of the park with that one. Yeah. Um, that's, again, I, I think that would be a feature. That's, that's going to be awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Uh, yeah, man. Listen, uh, I I can't wait for people to hear this record. I just think it's it's so great. And, I mean, we got to talk about the tours. Uh, you know, uh, there's a, a UK tour that you guys have, announced and um there's supposed to be some north america dates uh you know back announced yeah. soon um so that's going to be oh, really wow. exciting i mean now that you have i mean have you started to think yet about how you're going to approach the shows and what you're planning on playing and and that kind of stuff yeah yeah we have um i mean there's two it's, it's going to be two very different tours for us um so the uk dates that have been announced they're in you know like 2000 seat venues so they're pretty big shows they're bigger than we've ever done before so that's a that's one set of shows in the states we're looking at a much smaller uh, audience uh, profile so we're playing you know kind of clubs and smaller smaller theaters the booking agents are just finalizing them at the moment so i'm hoping we can announce in the next couple of weeks i mean maybe even you know by the time this has come out i don't know um, so it's not, it, nothing's absolutely signed and seals, but the, it's, it's kind of 95% there. Wow. Uh, and yeah, it's a, you know, it's both, it, we're not, it's not just East coast, you know, we're doing the whole damn shebang or as much as we can. And, um, uh, yeah, it's going to be really different, really interesting, you know, being playing those smaller venues and, um, clubs and all sorts of things and i think i think there's even a gig at um actually no i, I yeah well, let me let me let's wait till we've got them absolutely signed yeah, before yeah. i start mentioning venues but there's a couple of really uh there's a couple of venues that i'm like wow you know that's really cool um and yeah there's the you know there's the cruise at some hopefully one year we'll do the cruise as well yeah that didn't work out this year i guess unfortunately it didn't know we, we, we were approached about it but the problem for us is that we were in the middle of booking this tour already and therefore to get back out to the states for is it may i think it's may, may. isn't it uh, yeah so it didn't it just didn't quite work for us this time um but yeah hopefully at some stage i mean nick particularly uh want, he's desperate i know to do he's it been on uh, a bunch of times you guys have a really interesting place in the prog scene it's 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 sort of very unique and and the fan base that you have, the passengers and, and the whole thing, this, all this support that you guys have, you know, how do you see yourselves sort of in, in, in the prog scene? I can't really figure out which bands you sort of, you know, fit with, or, you know, it, it's, it's an interesting place. I think that you guys have, it's very unique. Yeah. I think we've carved out, um, our own little niche really. Um, by probably more by luck than judgment but i think that's that's how it's been you're right about the fan base it's a really passionate um devoted fan base they they you know they're amazing uh, amazing really um and they keep us afloat to be honest um i mean we need to 
to keep the band on the rail on the rails rather than the road we need to um grow the size of the audience um you know we need to and that's why the u.s tour will be uh, longer than anything we've done before so you know we're not resting back we've got a certain way we you know we think we can can go further um i mean it's hard i mean i i, I mean you know i i don't have any problem as i've said to you before being seen as part of the prog scene or i've got no there are no qualms no issues for us being a prog rock band um you know it, it just is what it is we do what we do we like doing what we do and we hope that people you know like it too and, and we'll come and watch us and and we spread by word of mouth but yeah we've uh, yeah it's been a long process but we've carved a little yeah. space for ourselves i mean well critically you guys don't ever get tagged with the um sort of their self-indulgent their their you know capes and dragons and that you're, you're not you don't get that kind of thing at all it's very like um critics and writers even some some places that have picked you guys up in the u.s See you guys as sort of very, you know, they take it seriously, and it's 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 nice to see. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, we've in the, I mean, in the UK, we've we've started to get into the mainstream music press now. So yeah. the Times, Mojo, Record Collector, or the, you know, that sort of the the non prog or non rock publications even have started to cover us. And I, and I think there's a most if you when you're going into the mainstream or the mainstream press, there tends to be a little bit of a cringe moment when the the writer feels the need to kind of um almost apologize for covering a rock band or a prog rock band um and then they just get on with talking about um you know the music and and that seems to appeal widely enough for us to get you know to get that sort of foothold in beyond the sort of normal parameters of where we are so that's that's great i mean again italy's becoming a a decent stronghold for us as well so i can see these areas beginning to um sort of light up on the on the dashboard if you like and yeah. um we just need to kind of get those lights burning a bit brighter and um hopefully we can we can do that in the next two or three years well that's great man um i'm really just uh it's i'm, I'm so happy for the band continuing forward and putting out this record I, I just think it's awesome it's one of the best albums you guys have ever made and um i i you know, I'm looking forward to the tours and, and everything and wish you guys a lot of success. It's a great time to be a prog fan with bands like you guys making that kind of music. I, I think it's uh, just an honor to be able to listen to it. I really feel that way. That's really kind. And um, yeah, that, I, I, yeah I, I, there's nothing, I can say no more than that. You know, we do, we do what we do and we hope people enjoy it and um, that it moves them and gives them a moment, you know, where they take pause in their lives or whatever and if we can deliver that a few times on each album and each show then job done really yeah right on man uh all right greg always a pleasure man appreciate it all right man be good i'll talk to you later see you bye thanks to greg for the interview don't forget to check out the new big big train album common ground out on july 30th a couple of singles out there now you can check out we're going to close with the title track from the album common ground for upcoming news and interviews, please check theprogreport.com, follow us on Facebook, at The Prog Report on Twitter, at Prog Report on Instagram, and download the podcast on all our podcast networks and YouTube. Thanks. Bye. On the hillside, looking over fields. 
close to you, shoulder to shoulder. I believe.